Welcome back to the Vine Church podcast. Today we continue our studies in 1 Thessalonians, Paul, the Gospel and the Church. If you haven't already, you can find us on YouTube at the Vine Church Heart. We'd love for you to join us over there. Good morning to you. Hi there. I hope you're well. Um, those of you in the UK, uh, it was lovely to have a bit of rain yesterday, wasn't it? And uh, now a bit of sunshine today. Um, so let's have a read of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 uh, and verse 23 and 24. Um, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, body and soul be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. Now, a wonderful couple of verses coming at the end of an incredible passage, really. Who would have thought that in those staccato commands that Paul gave at the end of 1 Thessalonians, there's so much truth in there for us as individuals and for the the life of uh, the church as well. But I think uh, there are those Christians who have leapt upon these verses that I've just read to you to teach something called um, entire sanctification or Christian perfectionism or the holiness movement. The idea, and really John Wesley was the one who first introduced this into the Protestant uh, tradition, the idea that uh, we in this life as Christians can achieve a state of sinless perfection. Now, you only need to look at me to know that, of course, that's entirely possible. I joke. But he did. He taught that we could reach this state of sinless perfection, of uh, utter entire sanctification in every way in this life. And uh, Wesley kind of taught that this can happen in two ways. One is through a gradual improvement and change and sanctification. But particularly, he taught that we could have a spontaneous moment where we move into kind of a higher life, if you like, uh, and we attain to this level of holiness, of Christian perfection. And they got this phrase, entire sanctification, from the verses that I've just read to you. And so John Wesley, for example, took the verses in 1 John, where it talks about how there's infants, then there's young men, young men have learned to resist temptation, and then fathers who are mature and who have reached this stage of spiritual perfection. And there are Christians today, and I came across someone not that long ago, who would hold this view that we can indeed be free from sin in this life. And it's on the face of it, quite an attractive idea, isn't it? I mean, we'd all like that to be true. And of course, you think, well, hang on, we've been born again. We have the spirit of Christ within us. Jesus was free from sin. We now have every ability, every reason to be able to resist temptation. There there is nothing that we can't resist. We have the spirit of God. Surely if we walk with God, we will indeed be able to live that kind of life. And indeed, the Apostle Paul sets the bar very high in this letter that we've been studying, which we're about to finish. Um, But Paul has been talking there about, of course, how we should make it our ambition in chapter four, verse one, to please God in every way. 
in chapter four, verse three, he says that it is God's will for you to be sanctified. It is God's will, not just that you should be declared righteous, justified, but then you should live out that righteousness and be sanctified. Uh, and that is God's will for you. And then, of course, here in chapter five, he says that it, this is God's will for you, that you should be joyful always, pray continually and all these other things that he's commanded. This is God's will for you. Now, surely if God has a will for us, he would expect us to be able to live up to that. And so you may think that that's what Paul is saying here when he gets to verse 23, where he says that may your entire, may your whole body, mind and spirit, your spirit and soul be entirely sanctified through and through. That word through and through means totally with no part excluded, every part of us sanctified. And when he says your whole spirit, body and soul, J.B. Phillips puts it like this, that we would have spotless integrity, that he, in, God intends for us to have spotless integrity. Now, of course, before you all get too depressed and think, oh, dear, I'm never going to live up to this because it is a tall order, isn't it? I mean, We've look, looked at all these commands. Now, since I said to you, rejoice always, I wonder if you've managed to do that. I don't think I have. I've had grumpy moments. Um, I don't think I've always prayed, prayed continually, it says. Give thanks in all circumstances. Have you managed to do that? Um, have you managed to please God in every aspect of your life? Uh, as we've read earlier, uh, in terms of our work life, in terms of our relationships, in our families, in every way, have we managed to live up to that? If we're not careful, if we set this bar and think this is what we are expected and, and able to achieve right now, we could end up that the good news ceases to be good news and indeed becomes a form of legalism. And I love what Martin Luther said, um, and uh, Ben Virgo has quoted this for, for us from the Heidelberg Disputation. Martin Luther says, the law says do this and it is never done. Grace says, believe in this and everything is done. Well, we believe in this grace of God. We want to live in the grace of God. Uh, I think only yesterday it was the 100th anniversary of the birth of John Stott, uh, who a wonderful saint and teacher. And uh, John Stott said this, and Ben Virgo quotes this as well, grace and faith belong indissolubly to one another, since faith's only function is to receive what grace freely offers. It's a free offer and we can enjoy this grace of God. Nevertheless, there does seem to be this high bar that Paul is setting. So why is he not saying that we will be perfect in this life? And let me give you quickly three reasons from this passage. The first is he says that our bodies will be entirely sanctified. Now, the, the reality is that though um, we may have good health in, in older age, nevertheless, we all know that our bodies are not sinlessly or not perfect in every way. I mean, I'm resisting wearing reading glasses, but it's coming. You know, we're not going to be Tom Cruise um, and uh, and believe in Christian science where where pain and decay is just a, a figment of the imagination and we can be perfect. No, 
Paul, our bodies are decaying. And Paul says here that uh, our bodies will be perfect. So clearly, if he thinks that our bodies are not yet perfect, he also admits that our spirits and souls are not yet reached perfection either. Paul himself, secondly, was not someone who believed that he was perfect. Paul tells us in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and uh, verse uh, 4 that uh, my conscience is clear, but that does not make me innocent. The Lord knows all and he will judge the motives of men's hearts. So Paul says, even though I may think my conscience is clear, the reality is that God knows and there's probably motives that are still wrong in me that still need to be dealt with. There are always things that still need to be dealt with. And the third and final reason is this, that in this passage itself, we see it, don't we? I'm sure you've spotted it. In verse 23, it says we will be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, we do believe in entire sanctification, but it will happen when Jesus returns. And if we bring it forward and say it's now, then we're moving into uh, a kind of over-realized eschatology. No, we need to understand it will happen on that day. We will be finally and fully made perfect in him. What a wonderful thing that we can look forward to. As it tells us in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 2, when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we will see him as he is. Then we shall be like him. Now he goes on to say everyone who has this hope purifies themselves because we know that that is our destiny, because we know that this is the trajectory that we are on. Therefore, we will now want to move in that direction and continue on our journey of sanctification through the grace of God. But you know what? Folks, we can have a high degree of confidence that we will be sanctified fully through and through, that we will be kept blameless on that day and that we will make substantial progress between now and then towards our entire sanctification. Why can we have this confidence? Because it's God who is doing it. That's what this passage tells us. May God himself. And then he says in verse 24, God who called you is faithful and he will do it. You see, it's God who started this thing in your life and my life. He called you. God's call is effective. God's call is irresistible. When God starts something, he finishes it. He doesn't just call and then leave us half half finished. He finishes the work he has begun. He who called you, it's God who is doing this work. The Apostle Paul, of course, has been away from these people for 18 months and he's wondering if they're still standing strong and it tells us that he finds message he gets a message from Timothy who says yeah they're still standing strong and Paul says there you go you see God is at work in these people's life and he will continue to be at work in these people's life he who called you is faithful and he will do it our confidence is 
in him and what he is going to do and is doing in our lives. You can be confident that God is going to continue to deal with things in your life because he has got hold of you. He's working in you and he is going to bring you to perfection on that great and glorious day. So, Lord, we thank you for this promise, this confidence that we have. We pray that today we would know that we live in your grace, that we pray that we might enjoy that grace and that it may affect us, that we may indeed purify ourselves because we have this great hope that you are at work in us and you will complete what you have begun in us. We pray this in Jesus name. Amen.